hello friends, Jimmy V. Brown II, coming at you with one more episode, well, not one more, but certain, uh, certainly uh, getting ready to close out season two of uh, The Fractured Brain, and uh, just want to thank you for tuning in to the ramblings and rants of none other than good old Jepabai. So, uh, title of this episode, (laughs) yeah, I never promised you a metal garden. I beg your pardon. (laughs) So, uh, I can't help but, uh, I, I, you know, I'm beyond taking offense, but of course you can't help but, you know, read things and see things and and you just go man what in the world you know or like uh you know when you get a text from a friend with the acronym you know wtf you know so funny i i I am i'm so out of it that you know i was i was getting those from different people you know for i don't know a couple years and i i had no idea what it meant Actually, I'm always having to ask, uh, like my friend Kevin, he's um, like my best friend in the world. He's more like a brother to me than anything, but I always have to ask him, you know, I, I just put a bunch of question marks because he loves to talk in acronyms and as everyone does in the text world, because, uh, you know, no one likes to read a, have to read a book and when they get a text and uh, much less write one. Except for people like me, who, you know, when I do text, I tend to uh, just text a book. That's just the way I, I guess I, 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 uh, I text the way I talk. And since I really don't like getting on the, the phone very much and talking, I, I tend to do that. And, and then I also uh, tend to answer uh, especially long messages, I'll just answer with a voice response uh, and send the recording. Sometimes the recording goes through, sometimes it doesn't. I guess it just depends on your storage or maybe my MOD, my, there's an acronym for you, my method of delivery. (sighs) Anywho, nonetheless. So the reason uh, for the title is uh, of course you know uh, I, you know I, I I I just air my feelings or rather things that I'm thinking um, it's just kind of what the podcast is all about is just kind of you know sharing my feelings um, <laughs> and uh, but some people you know take it very personal or or some people take it for what it is. Just, oh, well, we, we know Jepabai. He loves to um, just rant and rave and do his thing, whether it's viewed as psychotic or just a, an incredibly over-opinionated person, which that I am. I don't, I've never backed away or shied away from that. Um, I mean, hell, uh, you know, Frontline Records, when we when we signed with them, you know, that, that was one of the things that they, uh, you know, they realized 
you know, this is Jimmy's band. This is Jimmy's music. He's the, the, the pretty much the the main songwriter. Uh, not pretty much. I am. I always have been for Deliverance. Um, <laughs> but they didn't like the fact that I was so opinionated uh, when I talked. And uh, there were so many interviews that they actually paid uh, different magazines to censor me. Uh, or to just not even uh, air the interview or put the interview out because, uh, you know, they, they, they wanted to start screening my interviews. And uh, they even started screening the questions prior to make sure I'm not asked certain questions because they know that I would uh, spout off my opinions. And... I guess it's just the way it is. I mean, it's, it's, it's so it's funny. So that they, uh, they definitely wanted a salesman, uh, someone to just, you know, concentrate on, you know, Hey, our new releases, you know, the self titled, uh, debut or, you know, weapons of our warfare or, or the new album, what a joke or the new album, state of execution. You know, they just, so, uh, you know, of course, you know, during 1989 to 1991, you know, George, uh, who was a salesman uh, by trade uh, in his uh, regular nine to five uh, before he joined Deliverance? He, uh, you know, that's what he was. He's and and a very good one, very good salesman, by the way. Um, but yeah, they wanted him to do the talking because they they just uh, they they just they couldn't deal with the. Uh, and every time I opened my mouth, you know, just, you know, I, I mean, nobody could ask me anything, you know, uh, you know, oh, what do you think of this band? Or, you know, Hey, this band just released this album. What do you think? And I just gave my flat out honest review or, 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 uh, opinion. Um, and it hurt a lot of feelings, a lot, made a lot of people angry, you know, all sorts of stuff, you know, so I just, you know. I got used to it. They never did. Um, and it's funny when uh, when I went to record "Stay of Execution," and uh, you know they listened to it, and they I, I'll never forget sitting in an executive meeting, and uh, and they were just they loved it. They were like applauding the change, which is rare for a label, you know, but they really supported the artistic endeavor and uh, they loved the fact that I wanted to break away from the mold and uh, do something different and um, (laughs) it was cool it was really really cool but then they had the serious talk with me about press about interviews about uh you know, what am I going to say when asked questions? And because they knew now that was it. I was uh, completely, uh, I, there was nobody in the band who had a salesman type of um, je ne sais quoi, I guess, as a <laughs> good word. Um, so they really, really worked with me. 
and they had a PR guy and uh, he was he was so sweet a good guy named Tony and uh, he, he, <laughs> they had him sit with me and do uh, you know uh, mock interviews and, and practice interviews with me and, and whatnot uh, you know and 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 he th- would throw those curveball questions at me to and teach me how to respond to them as opposed to being honest um, he taught me how to sidebar or to even just dodge those things and just you know you know it's funny much like a politician you know just uh you know just don't fall into answering these questions and i just thought it was so funny i just i just thought you know i i remember sitting through these meetings and and going through this and and just like you know gosh why so much prep and and it's because they had a feeling, you know, they had a feeling this album was going to do very, very well. And it did. Um, in fact, it's the first and only album to have actually charted um, on uh, on Billboard. Um, and uh, it did well there, held its own there for quite a few months. And... Um, you know, real proud of that, and 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 they they just knew the album was going to get a lot of attention. You know, to go from this speed metal thing to now all of a sudden Bowie joins Metallica kind of sound, and they knew it was just going to keep going. They knew I was going to go further down the path, and you know, of course, Learn came, and that was very doomy, and you know, not doom metal, but it, it was just a, a very melancholy very thought-provoking but it was a slow-tempered record you know just just really really uh a nice record i you know i don't listen to my own material um so you know years later i'll go back and I'll, like listen to a record and just go wow you know that was a good record and um you know it's funny i because you know i'll listen to the first album and the first record there's a lot of um how shall i say a a, a lot of uh nostalgia when i listen to it i i have good feelings about it because um you know, it was the four guys that, you know, went out and just, you know, we, you know, we busted our butts, you know, just on the, on the Sunset Strip and, and just playing shows for those four years. And, uh, you know, those were 10 of 15 songs in our repertoire that we would play all the time. And, um, it was just it, when I go back, you know, I take that trip down in Venetia Lane, and I and I just I, I really love it. It brings back a lot of wonderful memories, um, and that's what the records do for me. Because you know, when you're involved with the recording process from the very start to the very end, um, there's just a lot more than just the songs. There, there's the memories of making the album. There's the memories of you know. Or, you know all the recording moments and all the moments in the studio 
and uh, you know what I loved about that album is it, it was it was uh, just me, Chris, and Brian. You know, we had we had worked with each other so tightly, and and you know there were no click tracks. There was you no. Know, it was just set up and let's play, and that's what makes that album so special to me. Same with the Greetings of Death demo. I mean, that was literally just you know. The four of us, you know, me, Glenn, Chris, and Brian, just you know, set up, played, you know, and and uh, and then, but but Glenn, you know, Glenn, um, having he was the only one at that time who had studio experience, and uh, uh, where we didn't, and and so he he said, you know, you should play the rhythms on both left and right. So you, Chris, and Brian, just go out there and play, and and he stayed in the control room and with with the recording engineer and was listening to everything and um you know we trusted his ear and uh chris had just i mean literally just healed i mean maybe like two two weeks or so prior to recording the greetings album he had just gotten a cast taken off his ankle um he uh because he broke it he broke his ankle and, and we had to wait for it to heal we were already scheduled and then we put it off and uh, I was like, gosh, I wonder how he's going to get through this. And, you know, he did it. Man. And I did his double kick work, you know, flawlessly, you know. And um, so, you know, like I said, I, I you know, it, there's the songs. But for me, uh, I always go with what the feelings are uh, behind everything that happened. And um, so... That's, you know, when I hear G.O.D., when I even hear uh, After Greetings, which were awful, 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 it was an awful demo. Uh, we didn't even sell it. We didn't even attempt to sell it. We just gave them away because um, they were just terrible. You know, I, it was my first attempt. I, I got a four track and started trying to record us and I was just terrible at it. <laughs> but... Uh, but then the first album, same thing. Like I said, just it was cool. You know, here we are now with Bill Matoyer and, and of course the California metal songs, you know, Space Called You and, and Attack. Big, big, uh, cool memories, you know, being in a studio with the big guys, you know, with John and Dino Elefante, you know, and here's John Elefante, the singer of Kansas. And oh my gosh, you know, I'm like really, really, you know, uh, completely intimidated having to sing in front of this monster of a singer and and uh you know just like i said there's all these cool things and then weapons comes and it wasn't a pleasurable experience um the animosity had started in the band things had just just weren't the same you know and of course you know those who know the story of, of uh, you know, George's induction in, into <laughs> Deliverance, uh, you know, we we uh, we tried to do things as a band for a number of years, and uh, you know, uh, and and tried to do them with as a vote, you know, and but everybody always knew, you know, Jimmy had final say, um, but we tried. We, we tried the, the diplomatic route, you know, and uh, always. And, you know, when there was a tie or when, you know, 
a final decision had to be made. It, it always did come down to me. And, um, you know, now for the most part, the guys never had any animosity towards me for decisions I made. And when, and when they did, they voiced them, you know, they voiced them very strongly and, and, uh, and then we would either fight or, or hold grudges or whatever, but it wouldn't last for long. Um, most of the time I agreed with them. I made a mistake. Sorry, you know, um, but, uh, when those two adamantly voted against, uh, George being in the band, you know, that's when the animosity started between us and it wasn't the same anymore. Uh, me, Brian, Chris, that unit that had been together since, uh, 86, you know, Chris being with me since 85, uh, Brian coming in in 86 and, you know, now we were, you know, on year four and, uh, it was the first time. I mean, they just, they, they held on to the animosity. They held, they held on to the grudge. They were, they, they just held a grudge against me about it. And, uh, especially when I agreed that, you know, we won't work with a producer. We're going to let George produce. Uh, they, they were even more upset about it. I mean, they weren't happy. Um, they hated the way our pre-production demos were going. They, they, they didn't like the sound tonality. The, I mean, they just, they, I mean, there wasn't one thing they were happy about. And, you know, and at first I, I just kind of took it as all, you know, guys, you guys, you guys got to get over this, you know, get over it already. I mean, he's in the band, it's done, you know? And, um, <laughs> yeah, they just never did. And, you know, that's why they left, you know. Um, I mean, it, it, and it's because they just weren't happy. They weren't happy with the way things were going and the way things were rolling. And, and it was sad. And uh, But I knew the end of that chapter had come. And uh, so, you know, when there's all this praise on weapons well please please try to see it from my end uh you know again you know with having the backstory the all the un unknown things that happened during uh not only the time frame of the recording but you know just the time frame of the band in, in general um that was for me when Deliverance ceased being a band, um, and you know the power struggle between me and George, you know of you know who, of of where to take it, you know because um, even though I was still the principal songwriter, George really felt that he was responsible for the success of Weapons, and there was you know you guys already know my opinions on it, you know, that, you know, it was the right place, right time kind of thing for, uh, for that album. Um, you know, everything from the topic of, of, um, spiritual warfare to, uh, you know, and it being a hot button at that time in, in the, in the Christian church, uh, with the Peretti books and everything. And, and then, you know, there just wasn't a lot of 
good bands out there yet. And, but they were coming and they were on their way. And, um, and as well as not very well produced stuff either. So like I said, there's, there's just kind of a whole mix of as to why. And then uh, people's time, you know, you know, remember we all tend to associate, um, times in our lives with our favorite records and you know weapons was for a lot of our fan base uh you know people coming out of adolescence and you know you know now 18 19 going into their 20s uh the work world had just begun you know um no super heavy responsibilities yet, no mortgages, no nothing, you know, I mean, you know, it was still a, a young, fresh time and it was a good time too. Um, some patriotism things going on with Desert Storm and, and it just, so, so for people, I get why they say oh yeah it's their best work well it's because nostalgically they go back to that place in time but when you listen to the album it's not really that good <laughs> and, and you know everybody can disagree but from the guy who who sang on it and you know wrote you know pretty much 80 percent of the album uh you know i i disagree i i don't pretty much care for it but I think again it goes back uh, it goes back to that feeling so those people who have that nostalgic good feeling see I have that nostalgic bad feeling about that time uh, you know my band was in discord um, we had a new guy who was um a very strong personality. Um, I was still learning him. Um, the band, the guys, you know, Chris and Brian didn't want to learn him because they didn't want him there in the first place. Um, and I had to fight with that. I had to fight with that all the time. You know, I had George who's like, you know, Hey, let's, let's work on music. Let's write. Let's, you know, let's write, let's, write, let's record, let's do this, let's do that. And then I have the guys who I'm now, you know, have had a five-year relationship with who want to record, who want to work on material with me, and but they don't want to work with him. <laughs> so it was just a bad situation. It sucked. And it, I was caught right smack dab in the middle of it. And it was just, uh, yeah, just a bad time. You know, and, and see... Our label didn't know anything. They didn't know any of the st stuff that was going on. They had no clue. They had no idea. Uh, they just, you know, they looked at it and said, hey, something good's happening. But they didn't know what was happening. And then when the band, you know, all of a sudden Chris was gone and then Brian's gone and they're like, <laughs> I was finally asked, you know, hey, what's happening to your band? You guys were like, I mean, one of the things that we liked about you and we were impressed about you is you guys were like, 
together for so long and then now you know you guys are making records and touring and having fun and doing this thing now and it's it's uh you know they're they're leaving what's going on and yeah so i shared it shared a lot with them at that point because i told them i wanted to go solo and um that was what introduced me to Terry Taylor because I wanted to go solo. Um so yeah, it was just so so again, I appreciate the accolades. I appreciate people's feelings about weapons and what they feel about it and what they think and they term as amazing or great or whatever, but it's just always going to hold this very strange place for me because of what uh, of everything that was happening internally um with the band at that time so um <laughs> and then we go to what a joke and it's like uh, man i mean really 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 soured soured bad 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 because now at this point you know we'd already gone through you know we turned from deliverance into delivercon you know three members of recon and then just me so and john god bless him he's a good guy great drummer actually for what he could play but he was certainly not a thrash drummer and uh certainly not a speed metal drummer and uh yeah so and then i'd met this kid that just graded on you know George's and Mike Grotto's uh very last nerve and but man the kid can play he can play that you know you have the fast beat and you know we both liked a lot of the same music and um I mean he could and 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 man he can keep up with me and and then it turned into I had to keep up with him because man he was just really fast so and I, that's why I purposely took him into the band you know I I because at that point it turned into the whole same thing happened again you know George and Mike are like we don't want this kid in the band I'm like yeah go oh, well <laughs> tough toodles I'm taking him and uh so what a joke was what it what it turned out to be and So it's it's that whole era that everybody talks about is the would be glory years of deliverance uh just isn't that for me because uh of all the crap that was happening behind the scenes. So and nobody wants to hear about the crap behind the scenes nobody you know and I get it I understand but that's what makes podcasts like this and people that do want to know which see I'm one of those people I love to know you know there's some things you just don't want to know and because then it'll make you not want to listen to that that artist or watch their movies or if they're an actor or whatever you know and that's one of the things that I really liked about you know when they asked Elvis about the Vietnam war you know he he said you know I'm just an entertainer you know I'm not a political commentator I I'm just an entertainer you know my opinion doesn't matter and, and and that was such a smart answer you know 
because he didn't want to alienate his audience either way. You know, did he have an opinion? Of course, I'm sure he did, but he kept it to himself. So, by the way, I'm just enjoying this wonderful Peruvian coffee. There's this coffee company out in Texas um, that uh, I got turned on to by my friend Kevin uh, called um, Summer Moon, and they just oh my gosh, they just make the best coffee. But I'm um, I'm enjoying this Peruvian beans today. It's called Flickering. Oh, good coffee, very good coffee. Any anywho. Um, <laughs> just like me to go off topic. So, um, going back to the glory years. So I, all that to say this, remember the big circle. I always take you on a journey. Uh, I lost, um, six patrons. Um, since the last episode, <laughs> two days ago. Um, and it's funny, uh, uh actually the, you know, when you leave Patreon, you have the option to leave an exit survey for me. And and uh, some people do it, some people don't. Most people do. And, uh, you know, financial situations changing, uh, hardships, difficulties happening in your life. Hey, I get it, you know? Yeah, that stuff's totally cool. Or even if it's just, you know, hey, you know, you're not doing what I dig. I, I thought, you know, I thought it was going to be something different. And this ended up turning out something different. So that's fine. That's totally fine. I mean, everybody has their thing, right? Um, but then reading comments that I was expecting more metal, not pop covers and um, songs that don't mention Jesus and all this other stuff, you know, and it's like, and I, and I, and I just think to myself, okay, this isn't Deliverance Patreon, this is Jeppa Bai, this is Jimmy V. Brown, let's not get it, right? Uh, and I'm like, you know, so I never promised you a metal garden <laughs> and I don't understand why people get all in, in an uproar about it and and uh, one guy I mean it was just very short sweet to the point yeah, I was expecting more metal you know I was like okay cool but then I had another one who just wrote me this long letter about just you know what an evil person I am and and because I, I do all these secular covers, but I don't do metal, you know, and it's just like, huh, what? And I had to reread it a few times and I just started laughing. And I'm like, so I do secular covers, but I'm evil because I don't do metal. Mm. Could you imagine that, uh, that letter back like in 1989 or 1988 uh, being presented to like a pastor or whatever you know <laughs> like when they were calling metal evil um, I just I, I thought that was funny but um, 
I just, um, I really, really just, uh, I, I kind of sat back and read this and, and I, I wrote him back. Real nice letter. Real nice. I have a quick email. Okay. Appreciate your opinion. Well, never, I never claimed that this was going to be, you know, a big metal, you know, uh, channel that, you know, this is going to solve about the metal. And uh, you know, I mean, anybody who's been following me for all these years knows I'm not about the metal. Uh, they know what my greater influences are. They know what I've always loved and what I always do. And it's, and it's surprising that, you know, what is it? Uh, 92, right? So 92, I'm terrible at math. So, uh, so, I mean, yeah, 30 years, 30, or, or going on 30 years. It's 29 years since the release of State of Execution. So, so 29 years later, when I showed the world that I am not a metal guy and I want to change direction and where I go and what I do and just do whatever I feel like, um, it's weird that almost three decades later, I'm still having to explain that. <laughs> I just, uh, I don't know, find it kind of remarkable. And uh, it is what it is. Uh, you kind of just, you look at it and you just go, yeah. You know. And I always say, you know, it doesn't bother me. And I guess, yeah, the fact that I'm talking about it shows that it does bug me a little. But I think what bugs me about it more is that people don't change. And that's okay. Because, you know, I'm not a big fan of change either. I like homeostasis, as it were, like Sheldon. Big Bang Theory says, big fan of homeostasis, don't like change. <laughs> so, um, so I understand that, that part's all good, but I guess I don't go into something with my eyes closed and go to support somebody and then get mad because they're not what I thought. And it's like, yeah, you guys should have already known, um, especially following my career for all these years. But, well, you know, I guess some people just don't pay attention. So, kind of like, so going back to the feelings of, you know, certain recordings and what certain recordings and records do to you, you know. You know, that's why I say, learn, river, hold, um, such special times for me, special moments. Um, because they were just really, really incredibly special moments in time for me personally. Um, I don't know, but, um, Camelot was another thing and there was a lot of bad stuff happening at that time, uh, within the truth within the band, within myself, and 
That's probably why I wanted to re-record it. I mean, it didn't turn out anywhere, nowhere near what I wanted to, like 21 did. Camelot 21 totally turned out around 90% of what I wanted it to be. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, the first ones certainly didn't. And when it comes to like assimilation as above, um, even hear what I say and the subversive kind. Um, well, scratch that. I'm going to take out subversive kind, but the other ones, I'm kind of indifferent about those records. And the reason I'm indifferent about them, um, is because my heart really wasn't there. Um, I was already working on the Fearful Symmetry Project um, before Assimilation came. So Assimilation was supposed to be more of a electronic metal type of thing, kind of like what Sad Veil of Tears was. So um, that's why I'm kind of like, you know, there's some good songs in there and I had a lot of fun dealing with uh, uh, the guys, you know, uh, of course, Manny and Justin, Vitae, and, and uh, Jim Calvert had a lot of fun with them recording. And, uh, you know, and, and, and it was cool, too, I think, uh, recording with, uh, with Justin, you know, because I still record with Justin. I still, you know, have him, you know, we're, we're always, we're sharing song ideas with each other. He's been appearing on some of the, you know, he appeared on Scary Monsters, uh, I have another beautiful song I just wrote that I had him lay some tracks on. Um, one of the originals for, for Guidestones. Um, and then uh, he sent me a song. And then uh, this newest cover, I'm hoping that uh, uh, our schedules are going to be able to um, meet up and, and he'll be able to play on it. But if not, no worries. But he'd be perfect for it. Um, so good experience overall with, with assimilation, even though it didn't turn out exactly the way I wanted it to. Um, but, uh, the other records, I was just kind of like, eh, you know, now subversive kind, I went into that with my eyes wide open. Uh, me, Jim and Victor had met, uh, after the Mexico show. And we realized, yeah, we want to do just a straight out, balls out, tribute to the old deliverance type of thrash record. And we're, we weren't even talking like deliverance of the first album. We were talking like deliverance for pre uh, our recording career uh, when we were really more of a thrashy speed metal type band. And that was that was our goal. And, and I think it was met with uh, with subversive kind. So, um, there's a couple of things about it that I wasn't happy with, and then it got changed when Glenn came into the picture, because um, uh, Glenn brought that, uh, that again, that feeling of nostalgia and, and just great, you know, metal thrash lead playing, and it changed up the things, and it was really cool. 
So, and then of course, you know, getting to have Greg Manier on there was a lot of fun too. So it, it's a verse of kind I liked. It was a cool record. Uh, Eraserhead, <sighs> you know, there's so many things I love about that album, but it was recorded at a horrible time in my life when I felt like uh, I was literally, it literally for me at that time felt like I was on uh, my last legs um, on this earth. And I think it's kind of felt, I think it's kind of reflected in the record. So, because it's a very emotional album in its own right. Um, so, um, but it's not, definitely not the happiest of records. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> kind of a somber album for, uh, for a debut solo record, which yeah, is a little bit of a regret. I, I, I wish I could have done things a little differently, but change that with, uh, with this exciting, happy theme of Guidestones 2030 <laughs> as the follow-up. Yeah. Well, we'll see how that all goes, but, um, yeah, so it's, it's, uh, just all this funny mix-up of emotions, but I guess in the end, uh, while, uh, oh yeah, I, I guess I gotta say this too. So one, one patron left because he thought I was being a big crybaby, uh, uh, with my last podcast episode, you know, it's like, you know, the rest of us have to work or, you know, what, what made, what entitles you to not have to, I'm like, that's not the point of the podcast. And if that's what you got from it, I'm sorry, but, uh, that's not what I was saying. I <laughs> trust me. I busted my hump and, and my 16 year career in casino marketing, you know, um, uh, I, you know, I, I went from <laughs> being, you know, the dorky guy standing out in front of the casino in 115 degree weather, you know, on a microphone saying, come in and play the free slot tournament to, you know, <laughs> basically being a marketing manager for two casino properties, not just one, but two simultaneously. So I, I, I know what the workforce is like, my friend. Um, but that's all right. It's all good. It's okay. Everybody has their things. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. Everybody is entitled. That's for sure. <laughs> so, well, I'm like, uh, so I'm doing all the final touches on the last, uh, the last uh, cover that you guys are getting for this year. And uh, man, it's sounding good. I'm really, really, really overjoyed with it. I think it sounds great. And uh, hoping that you guys are going to dig it. <laughs> I'm hoping in the end, you know, sometimes that happens, you know, you're tracking, you're recording and everything's feeling good. And it's like, oh God, this is going to be awesome. And then the final mix happens and it's like, uh, what happened? Everything I was feeling went away. <laughs> I, I don't think that's going to happen here, but uh, certainly, uh, certainly hope for the opposite. You know, I hope it turns out better than I thought. So, nonetheless, uh, well, I hope everyone is well. I hope everyone is doing well. Hope everybody is feeling well. 
Uh, I'm certainly in better spirits. You know, one of the things that I have to say uh, about my podcast is that when I hold in a lot of feelings and then I let them out, I always feel better. And I hope you can hear it, actually, in the inflections of my voice. I actually do feel better uh, now that I let a lot of those feelings about my fears and my anxieties and all this other stuff, you know, I let them loose on my podcast, you know, it just, it just makes me feel better. And, uh, and in short and in turn, I hope it does that for a lot of people, you know, so that, that, that way they know they're not alone in their emotions and, and their feelings. And cause sometimes it's easy to feel alone and you don't want to feel that. If you guys are wondering what that noise is, it's, uh, it's compressed air. I'm cleaning my keyboard. Because <laughs> I noticed some schmutz on there and dust. And just wanted to get rid of it. Um, yeah, so that's where things are. I never promised a metal garden. Uh, I beg your pardon, like that song. Uh, says, I beg your pardon, I never promised you a rose garden. So, for me, it's, I beg your pardon, and I never promised you a metal garden. <laughs> All right. Enjoy your Sundays. Enjoy your time. Uh, and above all, enjoy your family. Enjoy. Uh, stay off the, the blasted internet and soak up some life. Soak up some sun if it's sunny around your area. It's starting to cool here. At least it was. Uh, and then today just wrecked everything. We were in like in the, you know, 80s. And today it's like, you know, it's going to be like 94. It's like, ugh. But supposedly we're going down to the 70s this week. So um, this is usually around the time when, when it really starts to change here in Vegas around this time uh mostly by the time we hit halloween then it just you know switches flipped and you know the weather completely just totally changes um which in some ways i mean we're all excited about it because it's like oh my god an end of the triple digits finally and but when you go from 115 or 110 and then all of a sudden it's 70, you know, think about it. That's a drastic, drastic change of, of temperatures. And you, know, you wonder why, uh, you wonder why people feel sick <laughs> and feel crappy, you know, cause that, that's pretty drastic on the body to go, you know, to have, you know, 30, 35, uh, even 40 degree drop like that in a matter of a week a lot for the body to handle so that's why people start getting cold sinus infections ear infections you know all that good stuff but, uh, <laughs> all part of life i guess uh, all right my favorite peopleoids of the world you enjoy your sunday and i will let you be this is jimmy brown fractured brain <laughs>